Welcome to Incandescent Tarot, a podcast exploring how to integrate tarot and spirituality with everyday life. I'm your host, Gina Wasatsky. Join me as we tackle big questions like how to work with intuition, just why the tower is so intimidating, and what it means to develop a spiritual practice in this wild modern world. Hello, lovely listeners, and welcome to the first ever episode of the Incandescent Tarot podcast. My name is Gina Wasatsky, and I'm so excited to be bringing this podcast into the big old world, finally. You may have been following me online on my website, Incandescent Tarot, or you may know me from the wonderful, now sadly defunct podcast, Open Magic. Or this is your first time discovering me, in which case, welcome. I'm very, very happy to make your remote acquaintance Um, It's always shocking to me that we have this technology, and even though I've been using it for quite some time, I'm constantly flabbergasted by how it works and that people can be listening to my audio recordings, reading my blog posts, finding my website, um, and I don't even know about it ever. It's pretty magical. So before we dive into the topic of our episode today, I wanted to introduce this podcast as a concept. So we can explore what to expect in this space, what might be happening, and also how you can participate because all the things I make, I really want to make sure that they are filling a need, that they're actually useful to people, and that they are providing a space for others to connect. So the first order of business is that in addition to having solo episodes with me while I am talking, usually about tarot or spirituality, my, my wheelhouse, so to speak, there'll also be interviews with experts, people who work in those fields, and people, wonderful everyday people, and how they interface with spiritual tools, with their own practices, and what intuition means to them. Because one of the big ethos behind my work is that all of these things are our birthright, that anyone can use them, can have these experiences, can connect with this side of the human experience. So they're not something far off in the distance that we need to apprentice ourselves to some all-knowing guru in order to understand. No, everyone has transcendent, magical, beautiful experiences every day. So in addition to all of that fun stuff, I'm also going to have a segment on this podcast. Maybe it's the first of many. Maybe it'll just be our old standby. But it's a place where you can ask questions. And it is called, maybe not surprisingly, Ask a Tarot Reader. So you can submit a question that's either about life as a whole, and those types of questions I'll be answering with a very quick one-card tarot reading. Or you can ask questions about tarot, magic, spirituality, intuition, any of those things, and I'll be answering those from my own experience, both personal and professional. If that sounds interesting to you, if you'd like to submit a question, which you can do anonymously, by the way, or you could think of a really cool pen name, um, a pseudonym, please take that as a challenge to make really fun ones so I can read them. But if you would like to do that in whatever form, go to incandescenttarot.com slash askatarotreader. You can submit your questions there, and then I will see what I have and address them in the next episode. 
So that being said, let's transition now into the topic of the day. And this is something that has been coming up in a lot of my sessions with clients and with uh, with friends and family too, talking about what the difference is between reading for yourself versus reading for other people or reading for yourself versus receiving a reading from someone else. I'd also like to note very quickly before I dive in here that <laughs> my my very boisterous budgie Augie is having the time of her life outside on the porch right now in her cage. So even though the door is closed, you can hear her cheeping occasionally. I have not found a way to have one room in my house be completely silent, so just bear with me on that one. Thank you. So Tarot, what are we doing? What's happening? And what is the difference between reading for yourself versus for someone else or receiving a reading from someone else? This is something that I find really intriguing and I think doesn't get talked about enough, particularly because in my experience, these two things are completely different. They are not the same. And I see people get really thrown off by it. And it can also lead to some some self-judgment when reading for oneself. And just knowing and acknowledging that you're not going to have the same experience getting a reading from from someone who doesn't know you versus reading for yourself and, you know, debatable, but we do tend to know ourselves pretty well, if not the best of anyone in the world. So it's not a shortcoming if you're finding that those experiences are different or that the information you're getting is different from each one. A lot of my clients have really developed tarot practices, but they want an outside opinion. And I will go to readers too to get an outside opinion when I need a truly objective glance at a situation, or I'm also finding that my tarot interpretations are just a little stale and rote. Sometimes it happens to all of us. But what I really want to focus on today is acknowledging that the there's a strength in embracing a reading for oneself as something that's very intimate And that's an internal dialogue. I hear a lot of people say that they're worried they will not be objective, that they will put a lot of their wish fulfillment into their reading. And this can happen for sure, but noticing how and when it happens is actually really powerful. And, you know, tarot is a sneaky, sneaky little tool. It is not something that (laughs) is a pushover. So, you know, I'm sure some of you have had the experience where you're reading for yourself and you're, you're noticing maybe you're trying to bend a card to mean something that you know in your heart of hearts it doesn't mean in that reading. The next time you read on the subject, the same card will appear or cards with a similar message that you are trying to maybe circumvent will also appear. So, There is no issue in having your own wishes, your own desires, your own Weasley self appear when you're reading. It's really, in my personal practice, has been a wonderful space for me to see my thought patterns, to see where 
I'm trying to push something or where I'm trying to uh, maybe not, not admit to a flaw that I have or a, a desire that I'm trying to repress somehow. When we're reading tarot, we're reading the cards, but we're also reading our experience and ourselves. And personal readings are a space where everything has some significance. And the cards are giving us a, a interface, like a, a neutral somewhat, but they're, they're out of our minds. They're these images on cardstock, on your table, your floor, your bed, wherever you may be. And we are bringing our intuition, our intellect, our minds, all of these things into that space. And it's a bit of a remove, enough for us to, to think flexibly and to start to identify just what is at play in that given moment. So embracing the fact that some of the things we're bringing into that moment are, you know, very human. They are, you know, we want things. We want things to be simple sometimes. We want things to be easy or nice. Yeah, I would love to be getting wonderfully gorgeous cards like the Ten of Cups. Though now that I say that, you know, you probably get bored after a while. So in your reading space, you're essentially having a dialogue with yourself and with yourself and all of its messy humanness. And it's transcendently beautiful, wise humanness. If we look at our readings as a place where those two parts and all the many other parts that we have as well can come together and sit down at the table and have a discussion, then we can really embrace it and have some, some humor and flexibility around what comes through. It's also really important to, to take your personal readings as a, as a time to loosen judgment you have on yourself and to really listen. Maybe your you know, fearful side needs, needs a place to speak. Maybe you need to freak out a little bit looking at the Ten of Swords before you integrate it with the rest of the cards on the table. Everything is doing something. <laughs> How's that for a for a catchy a catchy spiritual uh, phrase? I'm gonna make a T-shirt that says that. <laughs> but it's true, you know. Whatever is coming through in your reading has some importance. Otherwise, it wouldn't be there. And so, your role when you're reading for yourself is as a really accepting friend. And that's where tarot can be a beautiful self-care practice because it teaches us to be compassionate with ourselves and to really listen with respect to what's going on. You know, a lot of times, say, you know, a classic example of this is when we do readings about love <laughs> and we really want a certain answer around it. So we may, you know, ask a question about our partner, about a a certain prospective partner out there and we get a spread that's a little like uh, kind of a downer at first glance and oh rats I really didn't want to see the three of swords here I'm not into it but we're in that moment seeing that oh we really care about this like we, we want something here. Maybe we're trying to play it cool and be like, mm, no, this doesn't matter so much, but let's just see what's going on. 
in that moment, we are waking up to this idea that, oh, we have more skin in the game than we thought. Maybe there's a desire that isn't getting enough enough airtime. And so we can also look at these readings that we're doing for ourselves, not so much as ironclad prophecies that are going to shut us down, but as invitations to explore and to consider what's really going on with us. You know, life is busy and intense, and it can be difficult to set aside the space to really have that dialogue and ask yourself, what do I care about right now? What am I going for? What do I want? And so in personal readings, those moments of tension or, you know, kind of irritation, they can tell us a lot. And I always like to tell people too that when you're reading for yourself, again, it's not a prophecy, and sometimes your response to the cards is the energy that you're looking for or is the most important message. We can all do things to change what happens after the reading. The reading is just giving us, if I'm going ahead right now, not changing anything, what can I expect to happen? So if you get a reading that you're just not excited about, you know, you can do something about it. And you can look to those difficult cards and think, you know, where am I stuck? Where is this holding me back? Um, what might I do to encourage this? And, and know too that, you know, this is just a tool of many that we're using to, to guide our decisions, to, to help our awareness, and that nothing is set in stone which is sometimes frustrating. Um, If we had something concrete to work with, you know, there would be right and wrong answers. But like all of life, there are no right and wrong answers in tarot, and there's no right and wrong answers in what you should be doing at any given moment. So having that coziness, that acceptance, that, that place of comfort in your personal readings and, and also practicing that, like, you know, as you read for yourself more and more, as you get a sense for where your fear comes in to, to sort of block your intuition or your clarity, where anxiety, other people's opinions, all of those things, they'll come clearer and clearer the more you read for yourself and the more you pay attention not only to the cards, but to your reactions and responses to them. So it's a really special space that I don't think we have a lot of access to in other areas of our life. So there's a strength in what many people see as the weakness of reading for yourself. It teaches you to trust yourself more and to value all the different types of input that you have in your everyday life. Getting a reading from another person is really, really fun. And reading for another person is also really, really fun because you're leaving the realm of the self. So, you know, in tarot, we have all these archetypes, these grand symbols that translate really easily into, you know, the classic idea of the hero's journey. When you read for yourself, you're the hero, easy peasy, we're good. When you receive a reading or read for someone else, you're stretching out of that place and into this really interesting collective experience. In, in my practice and my tarot journey, I found that this is where 
tarot gets even a little more into the woo-woo territory. You know, my approach is very much based in in a lot of psychology, in, you know, some intellectualization, but and I, I'm comfortable there for sure. Yet when I started to read for other people, it really pushed me to take intuition and spirituality more seriously. Because this is where you have to take that trust fall. Um, trust that someone else is going to be tuning into your situation and giving you messages or insights that are helpful to you. And if you're reading for someone else, trusting that you are connecting with them in some way and providing that to them as well. That is a really, really cool space. And it's kind of nerve wracking. You just don't know. And you have to really trust your experience with the cards and and also enter into a more intimate dialogue with another person. Tarot is pretty intimate sometimes. And... I really have found that there's something, it's very emotional. There's there's a real beautiful exchange that happens when you give or receive a reading. And in my experience, it really underlines just how precious each of us is and how much we have to offer. When you get a beautiful reading or you have a really nice connection with someone that you are experiencing tarot with together you really see how that even though we could individually analyze our situations, work with our our problems, psychoanalyze ourselves, you know, really push to understand that outside perspective is so healing and that each of us is carrying that perspective that can really help catalyze change and growth in other people that we're all able to support one another in ways that we can't do individually on our own. And I've learned so much from the people that I've read for, that have read for me, that I just, you know, it's kind of like if I was just sitting in a dark room and I turn on the light, like, okay, that's nice. I can see some things. But if a bunch of people came in there with like candles, I would see so much more. Um, which is a bit of a creepy image is a bunch of people coming into your home with candles, but I'm a huge candle fan. So we're going to go with that one. <laughs> and, you know, it's important to, to acknowledge that, you know, when you're getting those readings, when you're entering into that space that, yeah, it is a really tender place, but there's so much beauty. And just like giving yourself a reading is some things are going to resonate and others won't. And that's totally fine. Um, as we move away from this idea of tarot as, you know, a fortune-telling parlor-type situation, you know, a, a frightening, wizened old woman giving you, you know, the death card in a horror movie, we have to just realize that it's it's an experience that you can have. It's a way to obtain information and insight, but it's by no means the end of the story. It's just one facet of it, and we can choose what we do with it or not. I do say to people who are trying to learn about tarot, you know, to to diversify how you practice it. 
I started out reading for myself exclusively. I was a solitary, angsty teenager, so that was what I was dealing with. And it was good because I needed to have that more personal experience with the cards. I needed that safe space to really learn about them and do obnoxious readings about all the people I had crushes on. (laughs) I've told a lot of students this, but I used to write in my little tarot journal. I'd write out all my spreads and then I would do a little explanation and um, I would write the initials of my crushes. And now when I go back and I look at them, I have no clue who like 90% of them are. There's a lot of different initials. I don't know who SL is. Actually, I do know who SL is. That was my subconscious coming through (laughs) with some memories. But anyways, just to say that, you know, wherever you start out, you may want to have that cozy space for yourself. But when you're able to practice with, you know, trusted friends or family, That can be a really nice way to dip your toes in to pushing your understanding of the cards, your, you know, what you've memorized so far, but also your intuitive self, you know, really working those intuitive muscles um, to, to make those readings flow because you can't take as much time as you would reading for yourself. And that can be a really great way to, to force yourself into a bit more of fluency in the tarot, um, removing those opportunities to check five books and, you know, get sucked down a YouTube wormhole. If you're just in the moment with another person, you have to kind of riff on it and see where it goes. And that's where really exciting stuff happens and where you can learn a lot really fast. So whether it's with family or friends, and then eventually with, with total strangers, that can be really great. You know, obviously do whatever is in your comfort zone, um, but have fun because that was a surprise for me. When I started to read for other people, I was really shocked by how much I had to expand my understanding of what tarot means and what it can do, and also to trust myself and all of my studying and my intuition and my knowledge and just let it come out. Another important thing to notice about that too is that, like reading for yourself, when you read to people who are close to you, like friends or family, you have more background information, and that is not necessarily a bad thing. It's just part of the reading. So, you know, don't try, just like you shouldn't try and treat a reading for yourself as a reading for another person, don't try to have some, like, you know, removed objective stance you can't (laughs) that's just really gonna torture you and feel frustrating um and let yourself you know explore and take whatever backstory and information you have and just integrate it of course you you know these people you're not going to pretend you don't know that they're married or whatever it is um and that reading from that place of knowledge from who you really are reading from your own personality Those are the best type of readings anyways. So there's so much to say on this. I hope this is helpful for people and interesting as well. You know, I get very, very much in the tarot bubble. So, but this is a podcast called Incandescent Tarot. So welcome. (laughs) This is what we're going to be talking about. And I'm so glad you're here. It's really fun to have this space And I'm really grateful to have anyone listening. So please tune in again, subscribe, 
leave a review. Those are so helpful on Apple podcasts. Um, that's how people find you. So anything you can do in that regard, I would just be eternally grateful and don't hesitate to reach out too. I love getting emails from people. I try to respond in a timely manner. Um, but I am, you know, what can I say? I'm a tarot reader. <laughs> no one's expecting me to be extremely, extremely timely, but a week is usually my response time. You can reach me at info at incandescenttarot.com and stay tuned for our next episode. Oh, and if you have a question, go to incandescenttarot.com slash askatarotreader to submit for the next episode.